0: This week on Mobile First, a conversation with Diane Leviglio, co-founder and CEO at Boone & Gable. We
1: make you take an oath when we first come to your home that says, you promise to only buy things that you absolutely love. You know, so right then and there, the first time you meet your stylist, you're like, oh, cool. Like that, that just broke the ice.
0: Welcome to Mobile First. You'll find bonus tools, expanded information, and key takeaways from this episode on our website, EmergeMobileFirst.com. For a quick and effective way to level up your mobile strategy, again, that's EmergeMobileFirst.com. In this episode, we explore how Diane started the company from a pain point of her own, and the unique business model that evolved from this pain point. Diane introduces Clark, the company's algorithm, and how he interprets data. Where and when your stylist comes into play, and the oath that comes with Boone and Gable, and the trust that it builds with their customer base. Diane Leviglio is the co-founder and CEO of Boone and Gable, whose vision is to make shopping less time-intensive and more enjoyable. Boone & Gable sends a personal stylist to your home with clothes from brick and mortar retailers. The stylist advises on the best fits for you and then pay for what you want to keep and forget about the rest. When not being a CEO, Diane can often be found in her favorite pair of AG jeans and playing with her two-year-old daughter. Diane, thanks for spending some time with us today. I'm excited to have you here.
1: Thanks, Jordan. Me too.
0: Yeah. So, Diane, how about you tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Yeah, so I think you covered it. You know, I've been working on Boone & Gable for about a little over a year now. And just super frustrated uh, about the way we shop. So that's how Booning Gable came to be, a personal pain point. But I guess a little bit more about myself. Um, yeah, I have a two-year-old daughter. She's, she's potty training right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been like in the house for five days straight. Luckily, it's raining today, so I don't feel so bad. <laughs> she's super fun. I'm trying to think of some other kind of stuff that I do that's not related to work. Love cooking go to the library and get a lot of cookbooks. Yeah, my husband and I really love trying new recipes out and cooking to kind of relieve stress from the day. So we do that. And, and yeah, we live in San Francisco. We love, there are a lot of staircases in San Francisco. Well, I should say there are a lot of hills um, in San Francisco. But therefore, there are also a lot of staircases that are kind of little streets in themselves. And so we have this book called like Stairway Walks of San Francisco. And we, we've been here for 10 plus years now. We still just love going on staircase walks. You just get these crazy views, and like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this connected to that. Anyway, so that's, <laughs> that's a really fun, fun thing to do. And I mean, I guess a little quirky, but um, uh, my background's in architecture, and I always thought oh, I was an urban planner. So I'm just fascinated by cities um, new construction, old construction, just like, why did they put that here? Like, oh man, this terrain really messed up that, or, or really made a beautiful of that. So anyway, I I just love uh, exploring cities.
0: That's awesome. And what are some of your uh, favorite things that you like to cook?
1: Oh, really? Anything.
0: Or what's kind of like the last thing that you guys cooked that was interesting?
1: Yeah, so you know how like everyone eats kale now or at least in San
0: Francisco? Well, I'm from Portland, so.
1: (laughs) Great, great. So same same difference. So I think kale (laughs) is (laughs) disgusting. But I was like, all right, like, let me see. So we made this, this recipe was, Out of this book called sheet pan dinners and uh, or, but they also had non dinner stuff. So it was basically kale and bacon on a sheet pan and like crack a whole bunch of eggs on it and then like broil it for a couple minutes after you like saute the kale and and cook the bacon. Anyway, it was like delicious. And we've had the past two Saturdays We're like, should we make that green eggs and ham again? (laughs) Um, so yeah. And Jocelyn loves it too. It was great.
0: Yeah. I'll have to connect with you after I'm interested in in checking that out. So yeah. So shifting gears, you know, how did, uh, how did the name Boone and Gable come about?
1: Oh yeah. Great story. So Boone means a favor and Gable is the pitch of your roof. And so this is Boone and Gable is a favor to your home. We wanted it to be both female and male friendly. You know, we work with both clients. Uh, and so it's really about that convenience. Of course, yeah, we help you look great, but it's really about, hey, you don't have time to deal with this stuff. We'll, we'll take it from here. So it also kind of sounds a little, well, it sounds, I think, sophisticated and, and also established. It's called Boone and Gable, but we have a plus sign um, for the and, and so that makes us feel, or we think, a little more modern in tech, which we are, like an ampersand would make us feel... I think too old school and maybe like, you know, from the 1800s, like we're not that old school. We're <laughs> not that sophisticated, that established. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that's where the name came from.
0: And, you know, going through the experience, and you know, a lot of it is through the mobile app. And so I'm really excited to dig into that experience and that technology. But I think, you know, before that, getting a better understanding, understanding of your origin, origin story, that provides a really awesome perspective and segue into what really inspired a lot of that? And so I'm curious, you know, coming from architecture and, and that being kind of something that fascinated you now into running, you know, a retail company, what inspired that? What caused that transition?
1: Yeah, so this is my second or third startup, depending on how you count them. And my first startup was in the clean energy space. So it totally was connected to my passion in architecture and sustainability. And the, the underlying you know, connection between all my startups is just that when I see a problem in the world and I think I have a solution, I'm like, here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to solve this. I'm going to fix this. Mm -hmm. And so I had a personal pain point of not shopping very efficiently. I'd go to the stores and buy the same black pants I already had or like, what is happening? And spend three hours to find the one pair and then get home and be like, that's why I bought these because I like them because I already have them. Mm Uh, And I'm like, what a waste of time. And like they're black pants, nothing crazy. Right. And they probably weren't even the right size or, but I didn't know, (laughs) right? you know, and then just shopping online, like, and have like, you know, seven different tabs open on the browser. And you're just like, ah, I don't even know. Forget it. And just shut my laptop and be like, I'm done. I'm still shopping. Right. But like you close and like seasons change and and you have to go to different things and you want to not be stuck in your same jeans and t shirt So I got super frustrated. I I turned 30 when I was working at Mozilla, the company that makes um, Firefox. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, man, why? (laughs) I know I'm working for a tech company and all, but like, why am I still wearing jeans and t-shirts to work every day? Like, grow up, Diane. And I was like, I got to figure this out. And I realized the only way, and I tried like everything. I worked with personal stylists in different retailers like Nordstrom's and even went back to like New York city. Like I'm from long Island. So I, I was like, all right, I'm going to go to like New York city and find a stylist and just like get her done. Right. Mm-hmm. And even that was like, I was so embarrassed because I didn't really know how much money I should spend on what. And anyway, long story short, it was just like super frustrating. And I was like, time out. What if we like, what if we were designing how you actually should shop today? Like forget about everything that exists. Like close your eyes. Imagine. What would be the best experience to shop for clothes? It's like, huh, if someone else did it for you. <laughs> so, like, what if someone that you trusted that knew your style, knew your sizes, knew what were like push pieces a little bit out of your comfort zone, but also just knew like those basics that you just need all the time? What if they did that for you and then they brought it to your house and it was time boxed, it was only like 60 minutes, you know? Shopping is fun, it's cool to get stuff. I don't want to do it all day, even if you come to my right I don't want to do this today so what if someone curated all the options there are in the world down to 20 items brought it to your home only one hour made multiple sizes and then whatever you didn't want they just took back a return for you like you just got to keep what you wanted to keep what fit and what looked good and then you have your whole closet to incorporate it with so you're like oh I don't know if this shirt like what else would it go with And then you run into your closet and your stylist is like, hey, you're all these different things and this is how you can wear it. And you try on the the different pieces with it and you tuck it like this and you roll it like that. And you're like, oh, I look look great. Like that would be the ideal experience. And then we're like, "Okay, well, logistically, that's kind of a nightmare. How would we Mm -hmm. actually work? And so that's what we spent the last year, I think, perfecting. Still a long way to go, obviously, but I think we have a really great model. So now it's all about scaling that
0: you know, Diane, you're definitely on to something. I mean, you're approaching the two year mark, and which is not a lot of time at all. And you're growing really fast, you know, scaling with this model. And it reminds me of kind of like the glam squad model, like kind of the uberfication of, of picking out clothes and, and uh, purchasing a uh, clothes. Can you maybe walk through the exact experience of what it would be like, you know, to access your experience, does, you know, does it start with downloading the app? Where does it start? And, you know, what are kind of the parameters of the experience
1: so boot and gable is actually pretty unique on the back end we've built clark so kind of like clark gable um but clark is our algorithm is our logistics uh clark is everything smart about boot and gable so basically clark right now takes in forty six thousand products that are available in store in your city today So we know the brands, the colors, the styles, the cuts, the patterns. We know everything about those items because we've, through private APIs and web scraping and every other way possible, we are keeping an up-to-date inventory of what's available physically in stores. And so Clark has all that. And then you as a client have filled out a style profile on our mobile app. And that asks for sizes, price range, brands you like, brands you don't like, you know, what profession you are. So we really understand your whole lifestyle. When Clark interprets that style profile, that comes to maybe like 75 different inputs. So then those are all 75 different filters on top of those 46,000 products. So it would be awesome if that just got us down to 20 items, <laughs> but, but not yet. So then there's the whole stylist human intelligence aspect of this and so your stylist actually shops in an app she doesn't actually go to the stores because that would be really inefficient of her time we want her to have as many appointments as as possible and so she's shopping for you in the app but clark has already filtered down things that we think would be great but she's making the final call and she's saying yeah well you know what even though she said the client said uh she doesn't like red I, I think these red rain boots are super fun. I'm going to bring them. And so she can overwrite things as well. So that's how we figure out, you know, what to bring you. And that's how it works on the backend for the stylist. And so they have their own app. And then there's stylist assistant in this equation as well. So stylist assistants are basically in all of the different retail partners, physical stores. And so they see the list in their app of what the stylist said for, for client A, B, and C. And then they go and go find those AG jeans and they go find that Jake Crew shirt in that size color pattern. And then they're doing all the checking out at the store. We have partnerships with a whole bunch of retailers and we'll shop stores where we don't have partnerships, but where we have the partnerships is just smoother operations. It's a big logistical feat to to get clothes from the store to your house and then back to the store without losing anything, right? Right. It's like... how instacart does that for groceries but then we got back too (laughs) like it doesn't just stop there so that's what i mean by we've perfected the model like we figured out how to make that really efficient on the ops end and so yeah our retail partners give us the clothes on on loan and so we can take them out to your home and then we return them to them the next day so they can still sell it in their store so it's kind of like hey we think we can sell this they're like all right cool we take it out you either buy it or you don't. And there's no pressure in a visit. The visits are always free. There's no obligation to buy anything. We still pay the stylist, even if you don't buy anything. So it's like a really low pressure environment. We make you take an oath. When we first come to your home that says Do you promise to only buy things that you absolutely love, you know? So right then and there, the first time you meet your stylist, you're like, Oh, cool. Like that, that just broke the ice.
0: Like, right. No pressure.
1: Yeah. No pressure. I'm not gonna like buy this. Just Because I feel bad or something. It's not about that. We want to build that relationship with you. We want you to trust us. And if we didn't get your style right or if we totally goofed on your sizes, like, that's our bad, not your bad, right? So, like, we'll come back in two days and and make it right. So, anyway, uh, yeah, that's a little bit how it works on the back end. And then on the front end, like I said, you fill out the clients, fill out a, a style profile, and you don't say, like, hey, I want you to shop from these retailers. You just say, you know, I need more weekend casual outfits or, you know, I'm going to my friend's wedding and I want something a little funkier than normal. you kind of give us your scenarios and like what you're looking for. And then you might be like, oh, and it's like, it's freezing all of a sudden, I need sweaters. <laughs> and, and you just leave it at that. And then we really take it from there. So it's not hard. <laughs> I guess, gotcha. you know, a lot of shopping apps are like, Oh, which things do you want? And then we'll put them in a box and send it to you. And it's like, that's work. That's just that's just e-commerce, but in a box instead of a bag. You know, there's really no difference there. With us, it's like, we'll take it from there. Just like give us a few parameters. And if you have no parameters, then all we need is your size. And you know, you can swipe left and right in our app and tell us if you like those boots, if you like that jacket, if you like that belt, that shirt. And then like, we get you. We like size you up from there.
0: So Interesting. Yeah. In my experience with similar models like this, a lot of that robustness comes from the ops side and to enable that just really simple user experience for that front end, like you called out. Even with Uber, right, you have the driver app and then you have this massive onboarding process. You know, for one of my projects I was working on for a client, I actually went through that entire process and became an Uber driver just to experience the robust experience on that back end. And which was amazing insight. And so with that, you know, like you called out, you have the technology components to it. So you have the, uh, the stylist app. You also have the connection to the brick and mortar, the assistant in the store. And then Clark, is that like a third party integration?
1: No, no. Clark is homegrown. It's Clark Gable.
0: Oh, nice. (laughs) Okay. And so then you have, you have that component, that, that, that engine. And then I think one thing, that might be just underappreciated with this whole model is the whole training aspect in getting these stylists up to speed. Because, you know, for Uber, for example, you know, you get into an Uber car, sometimes they have water for you and like a an iPhone charger. And you know, that's people might think, oh, that's really nice of the driver, but that's actually part of the onboarding process. And Uber trains these drivers to do that, to receive five stars, to help the app have a better experience. And so sounds like, you know, what you just mentioned how when a stylist shows up, you let them know to take the pressure off, you know, we only want you to purchase things you love. Can you maybe walk us through what that operations side is, that training side and and how you're delivering that I guess the human element of that experience?
1: Totally. So, yeah, one of my co-founders Nicole, she's our head of style and our COO, she put together a whole boot camp. And so stylists go through a boot camp and learn the Booning Gable way and we Exactly the same way as Uber, right? We want our stylists to be the best they can be. We want them to get five star ratings. You can rate a stylist after every visit. You also leave a net promoter score after every visit. So, how is the stylist? And then, how is the service itself? So, maybe the stylist is rad, but you just don't, you can't make decisions in an hour or something, right? So, like, this service isn't a great one for you. And that's totally fine. So, we have us two separate ratings. Yeah, our NPS is 85. Uh, people are just loving, loving the service. Yeah. So we do a lot to help our, you know, we know our client base. We know that time is their most valuable resource and that they don't have a lot of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, a stylist that doesn't really know the Boon and Gable way or doesn't know our clients may think, Oh, well, you know, but don't they want to try on like every off the shoulder top? It's like, no, <laughs> 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 they, not. they, they just want the one that you think is best and move on. Huh. So we definitely have to, um, help them understand the types of clients that, that they're going to see, which is maybe different from their experience in the
0: past. And what were some of the pivots that you made or, I guess, consumer insights that you got that caused you to pivot toward that understanding? You know, that they don't want all those off-the-shoulder tops and they don't want all these options. What, what was it that informed these uh, experiences?
1: So my background's in user research. So customer development, product development, Right, I, I had a startup before, so I mean, I think my my background is really an entrepreneur. But if you had to say like my core skill set, I'm definitely a product founder. And I literally still to this day, I jump, I send a text to from my personal phone. That's not from SF, so everyone's like, "Who's this?" Um, <laughs> and I send a text, I'm like, "Hey, it's Diana, CEO, Butte and Gable. I know you just had your first visit. Love to jump on the phone for ten minutes." And hear about your feedback and whether they leave feedback in the app or if they've already done that or not, I still want to talk to them. So maybe they've written a really like lengthy response about how they loved it or how something was a little bit off. I'm like, I just want to jump on the phone and like go a little deeper. And I think through those insights is how we've been able to figure out, you know, some things that people won't write in a form or, uh, you know, or maybe too embarrassed to say, but I'm like, look, I'm like, I know I'm the founder. Like I am known one of the founders, I know I'm the CEO. but I don't, do these, I don't do these calls to pat myself in the back. I'm like, be straight up honest. Like, I am asking for feedback. And, and we all kind of chuckle. And I'm like, okay, cool. So, like, now we have that circle of trust. Like, and now they'll give it to me for real. So, I mean, like, something that we used to do when we very, very first started out. We didn't even have an app built. We were, like, Gil, my other co-founder, our CTO, know, like, just built a Google Doc, uh, like a Google Excel spreadsheet that we, like, Nicole would go out and buy clothes on, on her credit card. We'd like enter all the data and do the tax, all the calculations and everything in Excel. She would like say yes or no in like a column and then it would like calculate like the, the stuff at the end of the visit. And like, we we're like just simulating everything before we built it. We're like, do people even want this? So we're like, we know we can build it. Like that's fine, but do people actually want this? So we were like, we talked about like the Google Docs days. <laughs> really early on days, we were bringing 40 items to a visit. <laughs> and Nicole's great. She's super fast and so she'd be like, all right, how about this? And she can like, she can make a visit happen with 40 items. But then we realized like, whoa, it might be a little bit of whiplash for a client.
0: <laughs> right, yeah.
1: You know, and so we kind of learned from there. We took it down to 25 and now we, we took it down to 20. So, you know, we're, we're constantly iterating
0: uh, for sure. So 20 total, so is it kind of a mix and match between tops, pants, you know, shoes, or is it sometimes whatever, based on the filters they enter in, like all tops, or sometimes you throw in some pants because you think it'd be good with the tops? I guess, what's kind of the formula there?
1: Yeah, there's not a formula per se, but we always like to bring head-to-toe outfits. Gotcha. People like outfits. They get outfits. You just give them a top. They're like, and then how do you wear this? Or, you know, and so... Maybe you already have a pair of black jeans, but maybe you don't. And so we always like to bring some basics in that first visit too, to help you pair with it. Because it'd be the worst to be like, hey, we have this really awesome shirt. I'm going to tell you all the ways to wear it. And then you don't have a bottom to go with it. So how is that? Like, we, you can't imagine it. Like, the stylist can't. You can't, right? So then you're not going to buy that piece. We really love to first visits. We bring, we bring shoes. We bring belts. We bring necklaces. You know, we bring wallets. I mean, we just bring, like, everything. That we just think that, hey, you probably need these things based on your profile, obviously. So it's very personalized and we're always picking 20 specific ones for you because we don't hold inventory. We don't have to like push any particular products or like, so for Jordan, I think he'd love these things and that's what we're bringing and that's what we're pulling from the stores to bring to your visit. And then after that, like your second visit, you guys might agree and be like, yeah, you know, and I'm actually good on shoes. You know, now I just want to focus more on, on pants and tops or, you know, and so you, you have that dialogue with your stylist and you can always message your stylist in the app in between visits as well. Like, Hey, for next time I'm thinking this, um, and you can send photos back and forth. So yeah, after your first visit, it definitely gets more, you can say like, Hey, no shoes or no tops, or, you know, I'm good on these, or I'm feeling like I need more of that. Uh, but your first visit, it's that all of it.
0: <laughs> and, you know, I, I was really excited to have this interview because Diane, your company kind of embodies what this podcast is about mobile first, you know, being that very unique model. You know, it's mobile only. You know, you you don't have a way to go to the dot com and, and have the experience right now. It's it's only in mobile and you're putting the user first. And it's really the current way in reality right now to connect to the users is through the phone and to have that personal experience and leveraging these moments to do that. And your business is scaling very quickly because of it. And so it's really it's touching all the points in mobile and you're seeing all of the results from it. You know, I'm, I'm just really interested, you know, why you chose to go this route and why only mobile and then where you're going to take that.
1: You know, you always have your phone on you. You don't always have your, your laptop on you or your desktop. Right. And there's so something where, you know, Hey, your silence is five minutes early or some notification like that. Like that goes to your phone. Like this is a, <laughs> You know, hey, your stylist thought you maybe would like these these pants. What do you think? You want us to bring it next visit or not? I'm like, hey, here's that here's that scarf I was telling you about that I I couldn't bring the first visit, but you want me to drop in the mail for you. You know, I, I found it in that color you wanted. That stuff is all it's all messaging. It's all of the moment, and that that's not an email you star for later. It's all immediate. It's all gotta be from your phone. So that's really why we started with the phone, and I don't want to say we ended on the phone, but People ask us sometimes, you know, when are you going to have mobile web? I'm like, don't worry, we will. You know, we're a pretty small team right now, so we don't want to say, oh yeah, we're everywhere, and then do it poorly. We'd rather keep the tech stack a little bit more limited and just really have a superior user experience. So that's the route we've taken.
0: And so, what's next for Boon and Gable? You know, where do you see this going next? What's the next, you know, feature you're going to roll out or experience you're looking to target with the advance of digital and, and where mobile is going? What are you seeing next?
1: Yeah, so our vision is to is to take care of all your clothing needs, big and small. You know, we haven't sold any workout clothes yet, but you know, like that's something we're like, hey, why not? Like that why haven't we brought that? Why haven't we had those dialogues with our clients? So we just want to be the place when you're like, oh crap, it's rainy season. I need rain boots. You just chat with us and we and we bring them over. Yeah, I mean, what's next? We're working on quite a few things. We're working on shortening our sign up flow as unsexy as that sounds. <laughs> um, just like getting more to the point, you know, especially on mobile, you gotta make it a little faster and a little yeah, just just faster. And what else are we working on? Gosh, I don't know if I should say this out loud yet. <laughs> um well we're working on some more things for so the in-person one hour visit is great and we and that is the core of what we do. Um but Maybe there are a couple of tweaks. You, you might see some tweaks on, on that model next year. Um, and again, depending on the use case. So maybe you just need you know, some workout clothes and some sneakers. It's probably not going to be 20 items, probably not going to be a one-hour visit. Right. How can we do that that's most efficient? And we want to be the most efficient way that you shop. And so what, what allows that but still having that, that personal
0: touch? Love it. As you start to roll out some of these things too, I'll definitely be in touch with you to link to them so that we can have some insight into some of the cool things uh, Boone and Gable is working on. And so now shifting gears to rapid fire questions, how would you define innovation?
1: love this. Innovation is doing things differently, but not just for the sake of doing them differently, doing them differently so that you can save a resource like time or create one. That's what I think is
0: innovative. And I'm excited to get an answer from you for this next question because you're an entrepreneur and to be able to do what you've done, you have to be able to execute too and you're having the ideas and the execution. So would you put more emphasis on the idea or the execution and then how would you weigh each with a percentage and why?
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's totally execution. I hope that's obvious. (laughs) (laughs) It's like 1% idea, 99% execution. Yeah, I mean, you could... You could sketch up as many cool ideas as you want. And then the, the execution of it is where where rubber hits the road, right? That's, that's the hard part. That's like, oh man, logistically, like, how is that going to work? Like, whose credit card is going to do what? When? Wait, where do we do this? How do we get it back? That's all the nitty gritty details. And that's what, that's what either makes or breaks the
0: service. What's been your biggest learning lesson on your journey so far?
1: Oh, this one's like a little more personal, I guess. or Just like being a founder and, and growing a team. Like really understanding the motivation of your teammates, your coworkers, I think it just, it gets the best work out of them to, I mean, of course, everyone's into the mission. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. But, you know, what what really drives them? What do they want to learn? What do they want to get out of this experience? Kind of always having a check with that helps everyone align themselves.
0: I love that. Have you heard of the book uh, Drive by Daniel Pink?
1: I haven't, actually.
0: I think you'll like that book. It talks about the motivation, uh, just kind of like, really down to like the primal state, you know, what drives people and motivates people. I think you'll like that. And I'll link to it in the show notes. And that is a great segue to the next question. What is your favorite business related book?
1: Mine is, uh, the author is Dan Rome, and the title is blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the subtitle is uh, what to do when words don't work. It basically takes you through a whole bunch of exercises and just he's a consultant and an interaction designer, and just basically helps you figure out like sometimes drawings can make you understand the material so much better than words. And yet we're taught to draw for like art and inspiration, but like drawing should be more part of business conversations and, and documents. Anyway, so it, it, it really, I love it. And yeah, I totally think it's a business book. I don't actually know where it's cataloged, like in, in Amazon, but it's definitely a business
0: book to me. Yeah, I'll definitely find it and put it in the show notes too so we can take a look at it. And business is, I think, lifestyle, especially as an entrepreneur, right? It's There's a lot of different components to it. So well, how about your favorite digital resource?
1: Oh, that one's tough. I don't know. Google? <laughs> Google? I don't hey, know.
0: That's, that's fair. Fair game. <laughs> I don't know. What's yours? Oh, man. Put it on the spot. I personally like App Annie. Okay. That's because oh. I'm kind of in the mobile space and it is, does a really good job at providing, you know, the latest stats with mobile, but then also the newsletter is pretty great. So they, they, send, they send me a lot of mobile specific trends and articles and case studies, and even think with Google as another great one, where you can go in and you can customize the filters to, to be sent to articles that are relevant to you. So those are the two that I like as far as newsletters to send me uh, resources. Awesome. And then lastly, I know you might be a little biased to this one, but what's your favorite mobile app and why?
1: Well, I can't pick Wooden Gable. You can't I'll pick
0: it, yeah. What's, what's the, I guess, the one for your lifestyle?
1: Yeah, this one's tough. I, I feel like I'm so generic with this answer, but, but we're all a little generic, right? I'd say, like, Instagram or, or Tumblr, like, I'm, I'm looking at my phone, I'm like, what do I actually use all the time? I post photos of my daughter, not to Facebook, <laughs> because I don't want everyone to be like, uh-oh, there's another Diane post. But we have a private... A blog that, that, you know, the family can uh, get emailed about every night. You post, so i post photos there. And then Instagram, I feel like I've curated that community that they want to see the kid photos.
0: <laughs> and then in conclusion, you know, what's the coolest thing that you're working on that you're able to let everyone know about?
1: We're bringing on some, some large retail partners. I can't announce them just yet, but we have quite a few retail partners in the works which just means that our catalog of what we'll be able to shop from will go from (laughs) 46,000 products to, I don't know, like triple that.
0: Wow. it's exciting. Yeah. Then if we want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to reach you?
1: Well, Instagram, I'm there all the time. And my handle there is Diane L. But Twitter, you can also ping me. I'm not, I get notified all the time there, but I'm not like super engaged on on that one. But, But that's probably a direct, I get a direct notification, like having a like being able to text message me is <laughs> uh twitter and that one is just at diane labiglio Le
0: all right so check out boonandgable.com. that's and a n d on the website.com boonandgable.com. and then check out their mobile app that's where all the magic happens so diane thank you so much uh, for joining us today it was a pleasure to have you on and, and to hear about your journey
1: thanks jordan
0: Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Next time, I'm going to be sitting down with Dan Armstrong, Chief Digital Officer at Bank Mobile, America's first fee-free mobile-first bank. We're going to dig into Dan's observations of countries who are early adopters of technology vis-a-vis the user behavior that they are exhibiting. We inquire if Dan notices any user fragmentation and if they have plans to centralize these channels into one platform plus what their core model differentiators compared to others in the market. We also dig into where he sees mobile banking in the near future and any interesting things that may come about from this forward-looking view. And I'm always happy to be a resource in any way that I can, so visit EmergeMobileFirst.com to reach out to me directly or for additional insights, resources, and bonus tools that can help catapult your organization to the next level. Until next time, think mobile first.